Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi everyone, it's Shay here and welcome back to Kombucha and Color and welcome to you if you are listening for the first time today. As always, I have Anna on the show with me and we are going to be looking at language. I've actually not prepared anything for the show. Usually we have a little bit of a powwow about what we're going to chat about. But I've just got Shay's been busy. <laughs> I've been busy. I've just got back from dropping my husband off. He's going to the Path of Love retreat, which I went on a few months ago. You can actually go back and listen to one of the previous episodes. I think it must be about 57 or 57. Yeah. Oh no, it's a recent episode where I shared about my experience of Path of Love and he was so fired up about it and could see the changes in me that he's decided to do it for himself. So I've just dropped him off and now I am swooping back in here to catch up with Anna and she's going to be sharing all about language with us today. So Anna, basically the show's on you, so take it no away. No pressure. <laughs> so I just went back and I looked up the episode. Episode 65 was the 65. episode where you okay. talked about your experience on the path of love. So if anybody okay. wants to go back and listen to that, go for it. And just before we dive into everything I wanted to share today, just to preframe a few expectations. So I think my neighbors upstairs are doing something, some sort of construction. So there may be some whizzing and whirring and banging that filters into the show. And I'm also just realized I'm sitting with a hot water bottle in my lap. So there might be some slush, slush, slush going on in the background. 
background. <laughs> but interesting you should mention Path of Love because if anybody goes back and listens to that Path of Love episode, I think that was a really pivotal time for you of really taking ownership and stepping into your power amongst other things. And stepping into your power and taking ownership is a theme that comes up a lot on the show. It kind of infiltrates into various episodes. I know that it's cropped up every now and again. And that's actually why I wanted to go into this idea of language today, because language can be something that can empower us and it can also disempower us depending on the language that we use. And if anybody's listened to like various of the other episodes we've recorded, you'll know that this year has been quite a challenging year for me. And one of the things that I noticed recently was how the recent sort of challenges and changes and transitions were starting to affect the way that I was talking to myself and starting to affect my own personal self-talk. And then this week, it also has seemed to be something of a theme that has been showing up in a lot of my clients. And I've been maybe just through what I'm working through at the moment, just become quite aware of their talk and how they're talking to themselves and the things that they're saying, and then how that's influencing them. So that was the inspiration for this episode really today is just to kind of look at this idea of language and how we are empowering or disempowering ourselves with the language that we use. And there is this. It's a Tony Robbins concept that I work through a lot with my clients. And I, we may have talked about a little bit on the show already, but it's called the state management triad. And so obviously this is the high vibe podcast. It's all about living your life bright, living these high vibes, not dismissing or invalidating. I don't know if that's the right word, not sort of saying, you know, negative emotions in inverted commas are bad, or we shouldn't feel certain things that are less high vibe. I think there's a time and place for everything, but we really do want to be cultivating this empowered way of being in our lives. And that comes from an empowered emotional state. When we're feeling empowered in ourselves, then that shows up more and more so in our life. So how do we cultivate this state? And there are three things. The first is our physiology. So our physical well-being, and that can be anything from, you know, are you sleeping well? Are you eating well? Are you breathing well? What sort of energies are you holding in your physical body? You know, all these different things that we talk about on the show, but I don't really want to focus on that too much today. But then the other parts of the state triad are our language that we use and the focus that we have. What are we focusing on? And so what I've been seeing with my clients this week is there has maybe been a unhelpful focus, like for example, focusing on the worst that can happen and then using language to catastrophize. So then using language to make it even bigger or even more profound than what it may be. So there's a few simple checks that we can do or we can use to kind of like check in with ourselves and to change our language. And, and that's what I kind of wanted to go through today. Good. I'm excited to listen and learn. So one of the things that I love to do is to teach my clients like how to use questions as an empowering tool. Because if I ask you a question, Shay, what do you do? I answer it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so we, if we can strategically design our questions, we can kind of manipulate our own thinking to find an answer which is more empowering or disempowering. So the brain will always want to find an answer. When we ask a question, we create an open loop 
And then we want to find the solution so we can close that loop and then file it away. It's almost impossible to ask a question. And then, you know, even now when I asked you, you answered it straight away. And that's the way that the brain works. So this is the difference between asking yourself a why question or a what and a how question. So if we ask ourselves a why question, what usually happens is we tell the story or repeat the story that is already disempowering us. So if say like you just had a really bad day and you woke up too late, your alarm didn't go off, you spilled coffee all over your shirt, you didn't have enough time to have breakfast because you were changing clothes, you ran out the door, you know, you got stuck in traffic, like all the things that could go wrong could go wrong. And then if you started the disempowering dialogue, which might look like, why is this happening? Why does this always happen to me? then the answers will probably repeat more of the disempowering dialogue, which will be like, oh, because it's so stupid. You're so stupid. You didn't set your alarm properly. Or you're such an idiot. You knocked over your coffee. I can't believe you forgot that thing. And it's usually this like negative bias that we have and that we rewire that again and again through our nervous system when we ask why questions, because it tells the story that's already there. But if we ask what or how questions, it starts to allow us to access some more of that creativity. It starts to help us to access that solution finding, that infinite resourcefulness that we all have inside of ourselves. So for example, in that same situation, instead of asking why, you could ask, what could I do differently so this doesn't happen tomorrow? Or what boundaries do I need to put in place so that I'm more organized? Or you could ask something like, how can I still make today a great day? And then what that does is it shifts the focus because now we're focusing on solution finding, we're focusing on resourcefulness, we're focusing on possibility versus repeating what is already wired into our nervous system. So that is the first step is to start to pay attention to what questions you're asking yourself and notice when you say, why, you know, why me? Why does this always happen? And then maybe even jot down like four or five empowering questions, which start with what or how that you could use in typical situations that you often find yourself in. So if you're often finding yourself on sort of like in Groundhog Day with certain situations, maybe some questions that you could use in those situations to help you to find solutions or help you to shift your emotional state or emotional way of being. Yeah, I love it. And actually, right before we got onto this call, Anna and I were just having a quick chat and I was just sharing some journaling that I'd done two years ago. And funny enough, the question that I had written to myself two years ago was, what would it look like if I was to be as expansive as possible? And that is exact that question with the what, because it's very directive. And as you said, like it's that solution finding and it's actionable, it's much more actionable than this why, which is more of like the philosophical, as you were saying that, you know, the brain likes to have that solution finding in the loop. And I was thinking, well, except in like a philosophy discussion where things are just like looping around and around and the philosophical questions are more of those why questions. Like, why is the sky blue? You can just keep mm. circling around and around and around without actually having some kind of anchoring or some kind of closure to that loop. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think there was something else I was going to say, which is about the power of these questions is that's essentially what coaching is. I don't want to say that like coaching is that simplistic, but essentially what it is, is working with someone who asks great questions, which gets you to think bigger than yourself. So you start to change your thinking, change your mind. And when you change your thinking and change your mind, then your life conditions change. And that's a very, very simplistic way of looking at it, but that's what coaching is. But you can 
can also have these questions which you reflect on in your journaling practice and they can be equally profound. So first thing is start to pay attention to what questions you're asking yourself. Then I guess we've talked lots on the show about the importance of making space, having silence, having those practices which allow you to tune in and create that witness state. And part of creating that spaciousness and that ability to witness is to start to really pay attention to what you're saying to yourself, not just the questions. And so there are three kind of broad categories of language that people can use. And so the first is universal quantifiers. So universal quantifiers are words like never, always, everybody, all, nobody, nothing, no one. And how universal qualifiers or quantifiers disempower us is because they lump everything in one box. So it's like, nobody ever listens to me. I'm always late. Everybody hates me. And so what it does is it can give some insight into disempowering beliefs because it's not really true that you're always late. Like, have you maybe been on time at least a few times in your life? Or, you know, everybody doesn't hate you. They're actually people in your life who really love you. So when you notice yourself using these words like never, nobody, nothing, no one, always, everybody, it's an opportunity for you to challenge that and to go like, really, is that true? And maybe then you can use your empowering question, which is to find evidence for the opposite, find evidence for what you really do want to believe. Because very often we have these belief systems which are creating our identity and therefore creating our actions and what shows up in our life. And when we become aware of these words, it's an opportunity for us to see, oh, this belief could be limiting me. This belief could be holding me back. So if I can challenge this belief and find or create evidence for the opposite, that's going to create an internal shift inside of me. And then that is an opportunity to start to create more momentum and more change in your life. Did you want to add something there? I saw you looking at your notes. No, I'm nodding and I'm agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the first one, which are the universal quantifiers. The next ones are the modal operators of necessity. And really, it's not important to remember the big overall labels. So we've got the modal operators of necessity, which are I have to, I must, I should. And these are often insight into the rules that we create for ourselves. And the rules we create for ourselves are just really another set of beliefs because they're beliefs about how we think that things should be. And if we want life to be different, we have to start living life by another set of rules. So to get insight into these rules and then maybe even challenging them, like who says, is that really true? Do I really have to? What else could I do? How could I do this differently? And notice how those are all empowering questions that can provide insight into further change. It's just, even if you were to identify one rule in your life and you change that one rule about how you believed you needed to show up, that could really have a drastic effect on how you live your life. For a very long time, I ran a certain model within my coaching business. And when I wanted to do that yoga teacher training, that model had to change because I needed to be able to take like five or six weeks completely out of my business. So at that point in time, I had to question these rules because for about four years, I'd had these rules about how my business needs to run. And when I broke it down and I thought about it and I was like, well, why? Why does it have to work this way? And what I realized was that 
I had the fear about letting people down because there were certain clients that I was working with. And if I started to run my business differently, I had a fear about what they would think in terms of me making changes in the business. And the fears were not confirmed fears. Nobody had complained. Nobody had said, you can't change. Nobody had said, if you change, I'm leaving. I'm not going to work with you anymore. Nobody had said any of these things. They were just preformed judgments that I had created about how people would react. So I had to expand my resourcefulness and find a different way for things to work. And when I did that, I was able to create the changes that enabled me to take that time off, to do my yoga teacher training, to restructure my business in a different way this year. And that was all just from changing one set of rules. So that is the power of being able to identify these rules. And you know, you can't necessarily change everything all at once, but you can change things one at a time. So what do you say about that kind of languaging as what are the modal operators, whatever it is, but that kind of languaging that's used in a positive, productive way? So I must get up and meditate tomorrow morning because I know it's going to make me feel awesome. I want to. I want to. Yeah. So change, that's a really good question, actually. So it's changing it to instead of I must, I need, I should. When you say I want to, it makes it a choice. It means that you are in the power position. So it's making you more powerful because you've chosen. There's a desire to, and that can be much more helpful. Mm. And I think we've spoken on the show a little bit before about push versus pull. And I think I've also spoken about my healer, David, and we were having a conversation. He was saying to me, I, I being him, I wake up every morning and I meditate. And then after that, I practice yoga. And he said to me, it's never something that I have to make myself do. It's always a pull. And so this idea of being pulled by something, for me, that is the idea that the heart is leading when we are pulled by our heart towards our destiny. And for him, he's a healer. He thrives off of that connection with source or whatever you want to call it. So for him, he's being pulled onto his mat every morning, seeking that connection with the divine. Whereas when we have must, need, should, have to, it's more of a push energy. So that is where people say, oh, I need more motivation to eat well, or I need more motivation to exercise, or I need motivation to meditate or do yoga, whatever it is. It's very much in the push energy. And I don't want to say the push energy is bad because I think we need both, but it's short-term attainable. It's maybe what we need to use in the beginning to gather momentum. And over time, as we practice and we connect and we align and we're more in tune with our heart and our hearts, wants and desires, I think eventually there will be that shift where the things that are meant for us will stay and it will be more of a pull as opposed to a push. Each week, we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. 
Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore Nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore Color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. So yeah, changing a little bit more to that pull energy by using, I want, I would love to, I would like to, I desire to, I will feel fulfilled when, you know, all of those things um, can change the languaging. And even when I say it, I can feel my body soften versus when I say the must need should, I can feel my body go like, and get a little bit more tense. And then the final one is modal operator of possibility. So this is, again, insight into beliefs and what we believe is possible for us. And so, for example, this is when we use language like I can't, I couldn't, I won't, I'll never. It's limiting us. These are why we call it self-limiting beliefs, because this language limits what we believe is possible for ourselves. I was speaking with a client this morning and she is an athlete and she is preparing to enter some world championships next year in Canada. And I was asking her a little bit about the races and what she was going to do. And then one of the things she said is, well, I'm not going to win anything. I'm just going for the experience. And I was like, hey, wait, hang on. Let's just check that internal languaging. Because she had told me this beautiful story of when she was at university on an athletic scholarship and she had used the power of visualization to break a record which she needed to qualify for a particular event and how she had put the time that she wanted to achieve like up in her room and she had like meditated on it and visualized and sort of done all of that work to smash that record and she even got a better time than that one that she was working towards but I said to her look you have this reference for how powerful your mind can be and how you've used it in the past to really succeed. So let's have a chat about what you really want to achieve at this event and then what we need to put in place to start to embed that into your psychology and your nervous system. So we are all doing this every day. Like none of us are perfect and we cannot change everything all at once, but I think it's just creating that awareness about what are the important things in your life right now or where are you moving towards a goal and you may be feeling like you're doubting yourself or you're not quite getting the traction that you want? And can you tune in with your language specifically around that area of your life as a starting point and really think about what you're believing about what's possible, what you're saying to yourself, and are there any practices that you could use 
like meditating on a mantra, for example, that would help you to start to embed some more of that positive languaging into your psychology. I'm busy reading this book by Dr. Tara Swart called The Source. And she basically talks about the brain and how the brain works in order to manifest. And she specifically mentions this reference of athletes using visualization to help them get and achieve their goals. But just on that language point is I think it's useful for people to know and to understand that that kind of language is a safety behavior for people because her being able to say, I'm not going to win is padding her possible failure if she Mm -hmm. doesn't win. You know, so it's about being able to be open-hearted and vulnerable enough for her to say, I'm wanting to go and win this thing. And if I don't, it's also okay. Mm. But I think that that being able to stand and like, I'm really going for this and to stay open-hearted enough and vulnerable enough if it doesn't work out the way that you want. I think that's where the safety is. And we kind of pat ourselves down in order to lessen the blow if something doesn't go our way. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that because it's actually a segue into my next point, which is whose voice is this? So one of the things I think we've spoken about on the show previously is this idea that we are so many different parts. We are so many different pieces and different fragments. And part of life is the integration of all these different parts to create more wholeness inside of ourselves. And so we may have certain parts that show up and say certain things as safety behaviors or as protection for whatever may be going on in our lives. And often we refer to these in coaching as saboteurs or gremlins. So with clients, sometimes I'll speak to them and they talk about the devil on the shoulder or the naughty one or you know, different people will give these parts different names, but we all have them. It could even just be the inner child or the adolescent self or, you know, any of these other parts which may be showing up for us. So it's kind of good for us to know, like, what are the different pieces and parts of ourselves that show up and which are the ones that disempower us the most? And it can be helpful to name them because when you name them, you bring them into the light. So it might be the perfectionist. The perfectionist doesn't want to say she wants to win because if she fails, then she won't be perfect or it can work in different ways. So when you notice some of this disempowering talk coming in, it might be good to ask whose voice is this? What part of this is here? And very often these voices will show up when we're hungry, (laughs) when we're angry, and we've talked a lot about unprocessed anger recently, when we're lonely and when we're tired. And, you know, typically with clients, I always see this, they've been too busy, they've been overworked, they're tired, they've taken on too much, they're overcommitted. And then they're like, oh, I just feel so awful. I feel so overwhelmed. And all the negative talk comes in. I'm like, you probably just need some space. You need some space to kind of let these parts kind of reorganize themselves. So the more empowering parts can step forward and take over because you know, clearly your saboteur, your gremlin or whatever those disempowering parts are are running the show right now. But what is really important is to understand that all these parts always have a positive intent for our greatest good. And you mentioned like the safety behavior and there is this kind of self-protection, protecting our heart from feeling like we failed or, you know, stopping ourselves from something that may happen six steps down the line. So if someone wants to lose weight, they may be sabotaging themselves because if they lost weight, maybe then they would start dating. And if they started dating, then they would be vulnerable to rejection. So sometimes it can be difficult to work out exactly what's going on because what's actually going 
going on is going to happen six steps further down the line. So you almost want to have that conversation with that part of yourself and follow the breadcrumb trail to find out what's really going on. And that really does involve taking a little bit of time and space to have that dialogue with yourself. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to just slowing down. Slow down, tune in, listen to yourself and be love, right? <laughs> Yeah. And I think you mentioned previously on one of the most recent episodes, which was published, which is about calling out the shadow self and just sort of saying like, I want to be the best or whatever is there. And I think bringing these different parts, these different voices into the light is a really powerful part of creating our own like wholeness and integration and stepping into our power. Mm. It's interesting because at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned about, okay, kombucha and colors, this high vibe podcast, and we don't we want to stay in like the high vibe feeling. And I've just been reflecting on that recently. Yesterday, I had a call with my facilitator. And what he was saying to me is that we don't necessarily let those negative emotions go when we look at those negative stuff and that negative stuff and hold them completely, then that creates opportunity and space for them to leave. So we really do have to have, I think it does fit into this language piece, but it's about, I think you were kind of going on about a roundabout way of saying like, we're not having to like just brush them aside and pretend they don't exist. It's like really bringing that to life so that Mm. you can see it, observe it, and then be able to notice the language, notice the physiology, notice the focus that comes when we are in that state so that we can look at it so that it can leave. Mm. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing because when I went to Unleash the Power Within, which is one of Tony Robbins's workshops, like 7,000 people are jumping up and down in a room, very American. So... (laughs) He yeah, there's some Americans listening to the show. Yeah, no offense to any Americans, but that's how America do it. It's like big bull really going for it. But so he teaches state management. And I guess the whole philosophy is this power of being able to manage your emotional state. Like it's about you being in control. And I get that. I get the importance. Like sometimes you just have to show up and sort yourself out, but we do also really just need to feel what is there and not, as you say, change it and not be like, right, I need to fix this. I mustn't feel angry. So let me think positive thoughts. And because sometimes there's that need to express and it's just having that safe container so that we express our emotions through healthy ways, or as you say, hold them, let them dissipate on their own or do yoga or, you know, there's so many different ways that we can work through emotions. So it's just knowing when we're just caught in a pattern on autopilot and where we need to change that physiology, that language and that focus so that we are empowering ourselves versus when do I actually just need to sit and feel with this and be with it and not change it at all. Mm -hmm. Love that. Good. So that's me done. Oh, okay. All right. I think that's enough for one day. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all your language tidbits with us. Yeah. And I just think that for me with coaching, we're moving people towards an outcome that is coaching. It's about helping people to move forward. So if you are listening to this and maybe there's an area of your life where you have felt a bit stuck or you're not getting the traction or momentum that you want to get in your life, maybe it's just an opportunity to start to write down your thoughts about what you're thinking, what you're saying to yourself. And maybe even if you just make one change, like creating a list of a few empowering questions you can use or identifying one belief system or one set of rules that is limiting you and just work on one thing and it can create a profound impact. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for tuning in as always. And we will see you again next week. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.